This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking about how you can use podcasting to develop your search engine optimization. And I'm joined by James Burt, who is a fellow podcast expert here in the UK. Now, before I go any further, I want to let you know about my podcast guesting mastery masterclass so that you can learn how to use podcast guesting as a strategy to increase your visibility. So if you'd love to know how to develop your topic of influence, how to make sure that you are finding the right shows to pitch to, learning how to pitch to them, and then making sure that you have everything in place to profit from each and every interview that you do, then head over to annapn.co forward slash podcast guest. The link is in the show notes. Today, I am joined by James Burt, and James and I kept seeing each other on social media. You're going to be hearing that as a common theme for many of the guests that come on this show, because if someone is out there getting visible in the thing that they're doing, and you know they resonate with me, then there's a chance I'm going to go out and do some stalking. And James and I kept popping up in people's feeds, in people's comments, because we both tagged in the same thing, because James is also a podcast expert. I don't know if that's quite the phraseology that you use. James, but I'm really pleased to have you here on Entrepreneurs Get Visible today. So welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I, I've now started calling myself the podcast king, just because I like the sound of it. So therefore, I guess you are the podcast uh-uh. queen. I already, in fact, ev- everybody listening to this knows I have the t-shirt that says the podcast queen. So I'm not sure that we can both be the monarchs. So there might be a bit of a competition or standoff there. Or maybe we own different countries. Maybe that's how we look at it. <laughs> okay, if that's how you want. I, I was thinking of it like a prom king and queen, but if you want to take it global, then that's absolutely fine. I'm happy to go down that route as well. I'm definitely taking it global. I don't do things by halves. So what we're going to be talking about today, James, is the fact that we're both audio experts. We come at this, we have a long history in audio and what that means in terms of putting your podcast out there. And I I think really, who knows how this conversation is going to go, but we've both quite strong-minded that it's important to have great quality audio, but we don't want people to get lost in the fear of the technology, which is what we see happening quite a lot. So where do you stand on that? My, my whole thing that I say to clients all the time is that good enough is good enough. And I know, you know from a coaching perspective, it's like, no, you know, it's never good enough. Keep pushing for perfection, blah, blah, blah. It's just a nonsense. People listen generally to a podcast for the quality of the content, not the quality of the recording. Now, you don't want to be you know, recording next door to a building site. Ironically, there's some guys actually out the back who are hammering stuff right now. So you might pick up some of that in the background of this recording. But you don't want to be on a building site or next to a train going through. But equally, you don't have to have, you know, a fancy studio or perfection. You don't have to spend thousands of pounds on a microphone, etc. You know, you can get a 50 quid ice ball, blue ice ball, and good enough is good enough as long as the quality of your content is good. I've listened to a few podcasts over the last couple of days, been doing some sort of some digging around, and I've heard some podcasts that have had you know thousands of pounds worth of production spent on them, but they're they're just boring. They're just not good shows. Um, you know, it's not going to help those entrepreneurs. I don't think get visible, which I know is your big thing. But you know, the quality of the recording is phenomenal. 
but the actual quality of the content is is dull to my way of thinking. There's a balance here though, James, because I attended the Festival of Podcasting not so long ago, which obviously was online because we're recording this just as we come out of lockdown. And one of the stats that they showed was that 46% of people will turn off if they don't like the quality of a show in the first oh, five, really? five minutes. Now, that's interesting to me because if someone's staying up to five minutes, then they have listened to your intro, which often on a show that isn't well produced has still been highly produced. So you've got that you've got that kind of wow factor at the beginning and then you get into the body of the show and often the kind of disparity between those two things is is really really obvious and I, I'm, I'm like you I think that it's really important to get your message out there right that's the primary thing and I don't want people to be scared of technology in the way that I used to feel absolutely tied up with have I got the right microphone have I have I edited it in the right way it's more important as someone building a personal brand, as someone reaching clients, as someone who has a big, important message that could change someone's life to get it out there. But you, you just, you have to make a start somewhere. Yeah, 100%. Like now, I say, it, it, it shouldn't be like a horrible listening experience. So I always say to people, because people always say to me like, do I need expensive headphones to edit on? Some people say yes, some people say no. I always edit specifically on Apple earphones because I guesstimate that 90% of the audience will be listening via this. So if I edit it and it sounds good in these, it will sound good when people are listening to it on these. That's my kind of premise. But equally, I say to people, you know, people will be on the commute, they'll be in the gym, they'll be on the treadmill. So they want to have a consistent, my thing is level. I hate it when, you know, something goes really quiet. Then all of a sudden they're shouting and it's a horrible listening experience. And again, if you're in the gym or you're on the tube, whatever, if you turn it right up to listen, then someone starts shouting. It's it's horrible. because you, you hurt got your to eardrums as well. It can actually damage your eardrums if you don't get the level. Right. And you've got to respect the fact that you're you're in you're literally in the in the head of your ideal listener. You know, they put their earbuds in their head. So you've got to be respectful of that fact. But again, I wouldn't allow and we talked about this just before we started recording, I wouldn't allow the the editing or the software processes or the production or the need for amazing equipment stop somebody if they've genuinely got a great podcast to get out there to the masses, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. What advice would you give someone then? So so maybe they've got their show out there and, you know, they've got over that big hurdle of having the launch, but they're trying to do it all themselves, but they listen back to their show and they think, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that's good enough. What then? How do they, how do they learn to improve that for themselves? So there's, every YouTuber who's done podcasting has got, you know, like, here's how to make your podcast sound good. You know, if you go into like Audacity, which is free software, which I'm sure you've spoken to, you know, spoken about on this show multiple times, go into Audacity, you highlight the whole file, you add some compression, you normalize the file, you add a little bit of amplification, maybe add a bit of bass and treble. That's usually as much as you need to do. Mm. Um, I've just found an amazing bit of software. This is a top hack. I don't even know if I should share it. Go do you know on, what? Do I'm, it. Going, I'm, I'm going to. Have you ever heard of Orphonic? Orphonic, I have heard of them. There's another company in the UK that is similar to Orphonic, but share what Orphonic is. And Orphonic are a German, I think it's half a dozen German techie geeks who have basically got some AI technology and they've built up standardized processing tools. You can literally put in your slightly poor sounding Zoom call 
into Orphonic and it will normalize it, it will compress it, it will make add bass and treble, it will do all the editing bit kind of for you. And it will try and, where possible, it will take out the background hiss and the noise and any pops, etc. And it will make you and your guest and the whole the whole thing sound level. And I tested it because this guy came mm. to me and he and he's not a podcast yet, but he's a dentist actually. And, he, and he's German. And he's like, oh, I know these German techie geeks. You know, you should check it out. And I was like, yeah, how good is this going to be? I tested it with a file because you can do like a free trial. It's unbelievably good. And it takes you literally no time at all. Drag it, it does the metadata, does the ID3 tagging. It's so good. Amazing. And I think even when you, when you go into like a paid for option, it's like 18, 18 euros for nine hours worth of editing effectively. And it does it in you know minutes. It's so good. So we're not just talking about the editing. We're talking about it being mastered to yes, a, a yes, high standard. Yeah, so effectively it's mastered. So you still need to like top, the, you know, chop the, the yeah. top and tail off, but most people can do that. But yeah, in terms of the, the mastering and the mixing, it does it all for you. You upload the file and I, I'm uploading, you know, an hour's worth of content now to test it out. And it's, it takes, you know, two minutes to upload it takes about six minutes to process it. And then about 10 minutes, within 10 minutes in your email, it's like, here's your file. And it sounds incredible. Amazing. Well, actually, I'm going to you, be researching that one. Yeah, you can you can mess about with the, the presets and stuff as well. So if there's a particular way that you want it to sound, for example, you can sort of mess around with the presets. But I've just used the standard formatting of it and it makes it so quick. Mm, I'll definitely be looking at that one. Um, I don't know, have you heard of Descript? That's a piece of technology that I'm about to look into. So as I've read, I've not yet tested it. It creates effectively show notes from you when you run the audio through the system. And then when you've got those show notes in front of you, you can edit the audio by editing the script. No. So I haven't tested that yet. So I will keep listeners, I will keep you all posted when when I've, I've checked all of those out. But there are so many advancements in podcasting right now, because as you and I know, James, this business of podcasting, the whole industry is going it's moving at a phenomenal rate. Yeah, 100%. You know, even when I jumped into it three years ago, three and a half years ago, and at that point, I was kind of like a, a moderately early adopter amongst sort of people who are building personal brands. Mm-hmm. But I'd been listening to podcasts since 2000. I worked out earlier. I'd been listening to them since 2011. There was a guy called The Daily Boost by a guy called Scott Smith. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And it's this guy, and he do, used to do 10-minute motivation podcasts in the States. And at this point, he used to literally email you an MP3 file every single morning. And then after a while, there was about, I think it was about a thousand of us. And he, and he ran this very successful little business on literally just sending out these MP3 files every single morning. And then as iTunes sort of came on board, he started mm-hmm. putting his shows out there. So he didn't have to pay for it, et cetera. And I was like, well, how's he going to monetize it? But now he's got a coaching business and a consultancy business and all this kind of stuff. But the advancements, especially in the, you know, with a lot of technology, you get like a hockey stick effect. And we're at the bottom of like the big hockey stick kickoff at, at this point. There's been a couple of resurgence of podcasting during the years. You know, it started off 2008. There was a bit of a spike. 2013, there was another bit of a spike. But probably 18 months ago, 2018, back end of 2018, I mean, it's exploded. If you look at just the number of podcasts, mm. 42% increase year on year in the number of podcasts that are now on iTunes. You know, they've got their Worldwide Developers Conference at the time of recording. So hopefully they'll put out some new podcast stats and facts and figures over the next week or so from from the guys at Apple. But it's just exploding. And as you get more people on board with it, 
the technology improves and as the technology improves, it makes it easier to do. As it becomes easier to do, more people start doing it. And now, you know, other medias like the old school medias of TV and radio and the internet now are pushing everyone into podcasting. So it's kind of all boats are rising in a high tide, which is great. I know it's exciting times. And one of the things that we wanted to get into today was from a search engine optimization point of view, your SEO podcasts are really powerful. And that is about to kind of accelerate because of what Google is bringing to the table. So would you like to talk about what we know about it so far? So Google had been really slow to get into the podcast game. Even three months ago, if you Googled a podcast, you literally went into Google and put in like your show or my show and click return. The first search term that would come back would be Apple. It was ridiculous. But Google just never got their act together. They didn't. They had the Google Play platform. That kind of didn't work. Nobody who had an Android phone really listened via Google platforms. You had to use um, CastBox or Podbean or one of these other sort of third-party Android aggregators to make it work. So it's just a horrible listening experience. But they've obviously clocked onto how powerful this is going to be. So they're putting, you know, now you've got Google Podcasts. They've kind of put it out there as a its own standalone thing. It's still not a great platform by any stretch of the imagination, but they're trying to make it more SEO friendly for sure. And one of the things that I found out this week is that not only are they reading the terms, the search terms that you put into your, your show notes or your episode notes or your show description, they've actually now got AI that's listening to the content of your show and they will basically rank your show based on what you keep talking about. They work out what the the content or the context and the content of your show is based on the words that you're speaking. It's it's phenomenal. That's mind-blowing that even if you don't title your show appropriately, which why would anyone do that? Let's just put that out there. But that the body of the show, the thing that you are often talking about, your topic of influence is going to come up again and again and again. Even if you, for example, appear on somebody else's show and talk about your own topic that has nothing to do with theirs, it's going to then just build your SEO. That's really powerful. And we all know that Google is the biggest, the biggest search engine in the world. That's where everybody goes. Uh, second only to YouTube. And of course, those two things are connected and tied behind yeah, the yeah. scenes anyway. I think what's going to be really interesting is going to be to see what happens when like Facebook gets involved in the party as well, or, you know, because Twitter have just launched voice tweets. Have you seen those audio tweets? They're still not that user-friendly. You can't upload like a third-party MP3 file yet. You can record your own voice through your, your Twitter app. So I think what's going to be really interesting, like when Google gets this act together, and then Facebook suddenly gets involved in the party somewhere down the line. You know, is there going to be some sort of like add-on app within Facebook that is just for podcasting? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I, but the other thing that I think is driving the sort of the the swell of technology at the moment, which I'm I'm all for, and a lot of people I know are anti it. Is, is this competition. Spotify have come on the scene and now they've really, really put the cat amongst the pigeons. You know, Joe Rogan a few weeks ago, Kim Kardashian last week, they bought Gimlet Media, they bought Anchor. You know, they're buying up all of this stuff. Previously, you know, Apple didn't have a competitor. It could be a, a fairly poor platform because they had no one else to compete with. Spotify come along and they're a lot better at content curation than Apple is. Now, Apple's curated categories are getting a lot better. Then Google's watching what Apple and Spotify are doing and going, hang on a second, there's something happening here. If they're lumping in 100 million quid to get Joe Rogan on board, we should probably be taking this platform a bit more seriously. So the, the biggest podcasting platform in the world 
has not even been invented yet. And I think that's mega exciting. Oh, hadn't thought of that. That is very exciting. And like you say, competition actually is a really healthy thing. And it's one of the reasons why, I mean, James and I work, we help people to do the same thing in many respects. But actually, we both come from the point of view that if both parties, whether it's us or something else we're talking about, if both parties are able and good at what they do, actually the collaboration part becomes really powerful. And that's how you you get that message out there. So that's why we wanted to have an in-depth conversation about the podcasting industry and where it's going. So talking about the AI side of it, have you ever investigated Alexa flash briefings for your podcast? Do you know much about them? Do you know what? I, I haven't up until this point. Weirdly, I did a coaching session yesterday with a lady who's, uh, she's the voice of an Alexa flash briefing for a tech company in the States, which gets about 60,000 downloads a month as a podcast, but gets hundreds of thousands of streams on a daily basis because it's one of these, it's one of the top flash briefings. So no, I've not, I've not actually delved into it very much because I've always been more into longer form content, which obviously doesn't really work for the mm. flash briefing side of things. But what I think could be a mega option or a mega opportunity for people is where these things, and that there's a good synergy, you know, could you do a condensed version? Could you do some sort of daily content, which then drives people to listen to the full length version of your content if they're that interested, if that makes sense. But I think even, even that. Yeah, exactly. And you can get with, with Alexa flash briefings, they're, they're, I believe they're between 60 seconds up to five minutes. So if you did do a shorter podcast or you extracted elements of your podcast, then you could have that as, as a daily briefing or a weekly briefing. And the way that that works for those of you who don't know about it is that you can set your Alexa, your smart speaker, to give you these daily announcements. But what, what I didn't realize is that Already, even if you don't have it set as a flash briefing, you can connect Alexa to your own podcast. So you could create a link from your own show at the moment and somebody could have that link and it automatically then would send their Alexa at a particular time each day to play their podcast, which is really clever. And I think there's going to be so many more ways that the audio world is going to come to the fore. I think uh, because TuneIn is the uh, distribution platform for Alexa I believe and I think Amazon have just started to integrate more closely with what they're doing so again because I had a client the other day and he's like oh do I need to bother you know putting myself onto Stitcher and to Acast and to uh, tune in I was like you know from a listener perspective right now you absolutely don't but who knows where those technologies are going to go so I would say you know link them up and be on those platforms just in case, because you never know what's going to happen with that. No one knows who is going to suddenly be the, you know, the tortoise and the hare. You don't know who's suddenly going to take the lead and which way any of the technologies are going to develop. But that's exciting. And my perspective is you want, if, you, if you're putting out content out there to grow your brand, to grow your visibility, why wouldn't you be in as many places as possible when it doesn't cost you a penny, when it doesn't cost you to be on those platforms? And if you get the host right, if you get your podcast hosting platform right, a lot of that work will be taken away from you anyway. A hundred percent. It's a kind of a, it's a bit of a chore the first time, but then, but then once it's done, it's done. You know, you have to link up. Like, so I, I'm a big fan. I don't know which platform you use, but I'm a big advocate for Libsyn. Me too. I love it. I've used it for years. It sits on the AWS platform. So effectively it sat on, it sat on Amazon servers. So even if Libsyn as a business went sideways, the, the content would still be safe because Amazon would own the data farm that it sits in. And for me as well, I thought it was quite interesting because Gary V was obviously an early stage investor in Anchor. 
the Gary V's daily podcast actually sits on Libsyn. So it's like, oh, that's in, that tells you everything mm. you need to know. Mm. But, you know, with the Libsyn, the first time you set it up, and I was encouraged by clients, I'm like, you know, it's going to take you a couple of hours, invest, and think of it as an investment, invest that time to get it set up correctly. But very quickly, you can link up iTunes, Spotify, Google, sort of like already done by default anyway. And then you've only got to give your RSS feed. And now we're getting a little bit techy here, Anna, but why not? We are getting a bit technical for those of you who aren't podcasters yet. Get on board. You're going to love it. Get on board. So what we were talking about there is, is podcast hosting platforms. So Libsyn is the one that both James and I use. And it is actually the longest established for how podcasting works now. And the, the site doesn't look as modern and as swish, but it is incredibly it stable. It's incredibly stable. It has incredible reliability. And you do have to pay for it. Now, it is not a fortune, but there are other platforms such as Anchor, which James has talked about briefly, where it's free. And what's interesting is that a lot of podcast experts are not recommending you go to the flashier, newer, free sites. And what are your reasons for that, James? Because I can't work out what the monetization model is. You know, it's all well and good you, at the moment. You know, money's cheap. VCs have got loads of cash. Banks have got loads of cash. And I know we're about to enter a crazy world recession, but people are still liquid. There's liquidity of cash in the marketplace at the moment. So therefore, stuff is being paid, you know, VCs are giving much more money than a company's actually worth. But, you know, someone like an anchor, that will survive because it's now been bought by Spotify. And that's the game that the majority of these platforms are playing. Let's get an MVP, a minimal viable product. Let's get some people on board. Let's show that it's a, a usable interface. Let's show that the audience likes it. And let's try and get one of the big guys to buy it. If they don't buy it, though, they're kind of screwed. You know, you can only operate a business that's making no money for a certain period of time. So I would rather, exactly to your point there, I will say to people, because I always get it, even if I say people go to Lipson, they're like, oh, well, I found about, about Anchor and that's free. I'm like, Lipson's about $7 a and month. And I can do it on my phone, from my phone. My concern about that is that the they have in their contract that you don't even really look at because you just click on the app, um, that they, they have the right to put adverts inserted all over your content at the time that they choose. And they're not choosing to do that currently, but they could switch that on. Now, as a podcast listener, I'm sure you guys out there, if you're listening to a show and it has an ad, that doesn't fit, that's really jarring, you're going to probably switch off from that show. And if I'm putting lots of hard work, energy, effort, enthusiasm into getting my show out there, into building my audience, I do not want another company having the say over what ads go on my podcast. And that's not to say I'm against ads, not at all, but it's got to be the right fit for my audience, for my topic, for the right time and not having that control as a business owner is problematic for me. Yeah, 100%. When I'm coaching people, I'm always telling them, you know, what set yourself up so that it still works in a decade. So it still works in 10 years time. You know, I make people buy the URLs for their shows, for example, just in case it takes off like a rocket, you know, get hold of the, the Facebook group and the Facebook URL and the fan page and LinkedIn and Twitter and all that stuff, just in case. If it ends up being another part of your marketing mix, which, you know, is brings you in some leads, but it's not so you want to invest too much interest in. Fair enough, not the end of the world. You go to GoDaddy, you could buy the URL for a tenner for a year, whatever it may be. But if it takes off like a rocket, and this is my whole thing, I'd prefer it to be on something like a Libsyn where it's safe for another 10 years. I prefer mm. to own all the URLs for perpetuity so that Absolutely. no one else can take my IP, for example. But it depends on you know how serious people are taking it and why they're doing it ultimately, I guess. So one of the things that we decided we were going to definitely have a podcast interview about was the fact that we're both seeing 
given that we have a lot of background in audio, you mostly radio, me from voice and the performance element side of it and running a home studio for a considerable amount of time, is the rise of people with unsuccessful podcasts who are then deciding they're going to teach other people how to podcast. (gasps) Are we going there? I know. Are we going there? We are. We are. I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) so for me seeing people do that was a massive wake-up call to hang on Anna hang on what right do they have to do that when you are actually sitting on decade over a decade of knowledge and the amount of things that people were being taught wrong was really bugging me and so that's one of the main reasons now why I'm a huge advocate for getting the audio right and what's interesting is we've both had a really open conversation about we don't need things to be perfect, but we do need people to have a good understanding. So where do you sit on, on what you see happening in the market, James? Well, it's really interesting because that's actually the reason why we ever first got in contact because I saw what you were doing. And like you said, you know, we work in a very similar sector. By rights, me and you are competitors. We should be mortal podcast enemies. But this is why we can be the podcast king and queen, you see? It all you goes back to what I was saying initially. Different country. Okay, fine. No. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we, I reached out to you and I said, look, I've seen what you're doing. I keep getting people who are like, oh, have you seen what Anna, Anna is doing? You know, blah, blah, You're blah. Like, My God, and that girl's even... everywhere. <laughs> I know. And, and it, it literally was because I hadn't I hadn't heard of you sort of like a month before I started seeing you everywhere. And, you know, there's obviously some like sponsored adverts, there's some retargeting that's going on. So I'm, I'm, it makes sense to me as a marketeer why I keep seeing your message. But I kept seeing the right stuff being said. And I was like, do you know what? Let me reach out and just say, well done for doing a great job. Because I'm a wholehearted believer that all boats rise in a high tide. I really am. And if there's people like me and you and John Lee Dumas and all of those guys who are actually teaching people the right ways to launch podcasts for the right reasons in the right way, then the marketplace gets better. Is it going to get saturated? Well, of course it is. But then at that point, then Alexa flash briefings will become a bigger thing. And those of us who've been in the sector for a longer time will be able to pivot. We'll be able to go, well, actually, that's more important. Or linking your YouTube channel to your podcast has become more important. Or actually, this element of podcasting. So there's always going to, you know, it's going to get saturated. There's going to be more and more people doing it. We're a long way off that point anyway. But what I'm seeing more and more now is someone who's launched a podcast. I spoke to a guy last week, actually. He's launched a podcast. It's not a very good podcast. He's not got very good artwork. He doesn't really know um, his bum from his elbow. I'm not sure if you swear on the show, so I'll be polite. But ultimately, he's now teaching people over a weekend. And he's like, well, I'm just going to charge a couple of hundred pounds because, you know, I think that's a fair price. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But I'm like, you don't qualify. I'm sorry, but you do not qualify to coach people. And this is not me getting on my box going, well, only people should come to me or they should only go to Anna because we've been doing it for 10 years. Not everyone has been doing it 10 years. Not everyone needs to have been doing it 10 years. I've been in the broadcast game for 14 years. That's not the the barometer of success or um, sort of the mandatory amount of knowledge that you need. You've got to be doing the baseline basics and have an understanding of how the marketplace works. It's the same with any, you know, you get it in property. Someone will do like one rent to rent or one buy to let or one whatever type of deal or a service accommodation, which seems to be the shiny penny at the moment. They do it once. They think, oh, well, I've been through the process. I can now teach it. And don't get me wrong, to be the expert, you only need to know, you know, one step ahead of the person that you're speaking to. But that, that for me is really, really incongruent because there's a lot of people out there who who know a lot more. And you know, the, the guy who I'm talking about here, he, he actually had his his podcast artwork still had, you know, when you, you like nick a logo off a off a site and it has like RJP or whatever, like printed over the top. He still had that on his show artwork. And that is watermark. 
Uh, he said, water marks, exactly that. And I said to him, mate, that's just not good enough. I said, if you're going to coach people, that ain't good enough because I would not accept that from a client. And you, as the trainer of it, shouldn't be allowing that from yourself. So I think this is the thing. And I think this is why James and I have really connected is that we're big believers that we're surrounded by entrepreneurs. And yes, people want to make money, but there are ways to podcast. There are ways to create your audio and there are ways not to do it. And I would say this for anyone listening, this isn't just about podcasting. This is about any area of your business where you're wanting to develop and learn. Look at what the people you are about to invest in to teach you or to learn from. Look at what they've actually done. Because if they haven't got those credentials, you have got to save those pennies and find someone who has. Because otherwise, you're going to be replicating something that's piss poor. There we go. That's what I've said. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's two elements to that as well. Not only have you got to be, look at the the people or the person, you know, who you're going to invest your money with and say, you know, have they got the results I'm actually trying to get? And also, secondly, ask, am I willing to operate in a way that they operate to get those results? Yes. Because I'm sure, you know, every day now I'm getting added on LinkedIn by five people who are like, I do podcast promotion. And these are just spammers who are going to have a load mm-hmm. of, you know, fake accounts or whatever over in the Far East. And they're going to, there's nothing wrong with that potentially. No, actually there is something wrong with it. It's bullshit. So don't use it. But ultimately, you know, there'll be people that could spike the algorithm to on, on launch day for their show, for example. But yeah, ask yourself those two questions. Has the person got the results that you're after? And are you willing to operate in the way that they operate to get the results that they've got? Because I've worked with some amazing business people. I've worked with some amazing coaches. and I've worked with some very, very bad people as well. And ultimately, you can want the, the fancy end result, but are you willing to operate in the way that those people will to get that result? Some people not. So James, you are host of Building the Brand podcast. So those of you listening, when you finished on this episode, you have permission to go and listen to James's podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Go straight away. Why is, to wrap up, why is it important to have a podcast to build your brand? I think it's going to become absolutely essential. I think, you know, these days people think they have to have a website really in the digital world. And you kind of do. You have to have a Facebook page. You have to have a Twitter page. You have to have an Instagram page, et cetera, et cetera. Moving forwards within the next 18 months, we're not quite there yet, but within the next 18 months, you will also have to have a podcast by default. Um, I was watching before lockdown happened, I was in the gym and I thought it was really interesting. I was watching Sky News, I was on the treadmill. And they said, you know, get in touch with the show. And this is like their standard sort of like call to action at the end of the show. You know, you can email us or find us on Instagram or listen to our latest podcast. That was their three call to actions. And this is Sky Sports News. Yes. You know, one of their three call to actions was go and download our podcast. And, and I said this to my wife this afternoon, we were having lunch. I said, the thing that I've learned from listening to some different kind of programming over the last couple of days because of the people that I was training, I said, the podcast is a complete leveler. You know, whether you're a big brand or a small brand, it's an, it's an even playing field. You know, you can get a 50 quid blue ice ball mic. You can get yourself into a quiet room. You can create some amazing content. You can get a voiceover artist to do you an intro and an outro for a couple of hundred quid. You can get Audacity for free and you've got the same amount of clout potentially as a gigantic brand who's got sponsorship and promotion and they've got production companies, blah, blah, blah. If you've got a message to get across, if you've got a mission that you want to get people on board with, then a podcast is absolutely integral. But again, understand why you're doing it. What's your, I make people all the time look at their core values, their USPs, their mission statement, who's their ideal listener profile, what's the problem that they solve, what's the value they want to create to the world. If you have all of those boxes ticked, if you know all that stuff, then audio is just an extension of your already existing brand. You're already creating a brand anyway. A brand is just your reputation. It's just that some people decide that they want to cultivate and curate what that brand means to other people. And some people just let others 
make their own mind up about their brand. Very good, insightful advice there as to why podcasting has to be now. Like seriously, if people wait, if you wait 18 months or three years even, you are not going to be able to carve your mark in the way that you can right now. So thank you so much for joining us today, James. Obviously, people can come over and find you at Building the Brand Podcast. Is there anywhere else you would like them to come find you? No, just go and listen to the podcast. If you like it, you can find me on Insta or that kind of good stuff. But yeah, just go and listen to the podcast because if you like that, you can come find me. And if not, then we shouldn't be friends anyway. (laughs) And on that note, thank you so much. Take care, everyone. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.